Welcome to the program. The show must go on. Banters on business. Okay, why don't you remind our listeners what this series is about? The key question we address in this podcast is whether effective work from home is simply a clone of effective work in organizational settings. That is, are effective work practices universal or is their effectiveness moderated by the method of delivery? In this case, working from home virtually. So our topic today is depression and anxiety at home. So what we're interested in is understanding the psychological consequences, if not a shock, of having to stay home during the collective loss of normalcy. And what implications does this have for working from home? To put things in context, I think we need to clarify the three fault lines first. The first one is, are you sick? or someone you live with, or some of your loved ones. If that is the case, then your situation is drastically different than anyone else's. The second one is your job situation. Do you still have it? Not. Is your income interrupted or not? I think these are drastic differences that can affect how you feel. The third one is, frankly, how you get along with the people you live with whether that is your family, friends, or roommates. So your situation can range from truly dire, not so much, and anything in between. Said differently, there is a range of possible emotions your situation can generate. Now, overall, being alone does not mean loneliness. But learning to value social solitude is easier said than done because humans long to belong. On this point, I think it's important that we differentiate social isolation from loneliness because, as you said, they're not the same thing. Loneliness is the feeling that one's desired quality and quantity of social connections are not being fulfilled. This makes loneliness a highly subjective feeling of distress uh, when you perceive your social connections to be inadequate. On the other hand, social isolation is just limited or absent connections. So it's fair to say that we're all experiencing social isolation. Whether you are experiencing loneliness on top of that is another question. Thus, we predict increase in depression and related mental states, increase in relationship breakups during the pandemic, and we also predict that all of this together taken together will then negatively affect work beyond normal. And you you can ask why, you can ask for more conceptual evidence. So not to sound clever, but can you think of a theory in psychology that would predict a decrease in depression caused by increased social isolation? It's actually quite the opposite. Uh, The research shows that when people perceive that they're being cut off from their social groups, it makes them more vulnerable, which can trigger a range of cognitive, behavioral, and psychological responses. For example, these individuals are less trusting, they're more anxious, they're pessimistic, they perceive others around them more negatively, and even approach social interactions in a more defensive and hostile manner. The pandemic really means... Simply, there is no meeting others. There is no taking a break outside or going to a show or going to a game. So the depression and related mental states will skyrocket. Whether it gets recorded, reported, that is a separate question. So let's compare a little bit. Before, even if you didn't get along with people you live, 
you were probably, if you employed, you're probably at work for at least 10 hours a day, if not more. So what that could mean in addition, well, maybe you have friends at work. Maybe you enjoy what you do. Uh, water cooler informal conversations are also something that you look forward perhaps every day. Now you're at home and even the slightest differences between you or your spouse or among you and the other members of your family will probably get compounded by the proximity and the non-stop time together. Open-endedness, time open-endedness of the pandemic does not help either. So let me give you another related example that I think is pertinent. Maybe you're missing an ego fix from work. Now think about that. Um, let's say you believe the PR, your PR at work. You have this wonderful PR person who's putting all these great stories about you and suddenly you, you begin to appear in the media and everybody likes you and you have a lot of likes and all that. And before you know it, your business is doing quite well. Nobody's challenging you. You have a board that thinks the world of you. You have a team under you that you can basically direct. And suddenly, in your head, you walk on water. And then the flood came. The unthinkable starts to happen. You have to stay at home. No reinforcement from work. And who knows how your family treats you and whether they think you're so cool as you think you are at work. So now what happens? Well... Probably the gang of bad feelings might overrun you. Now, we call them depression and related mental states, but it could be anxiety, fear, nostalgia, romanticizing the past. These are wrenching feelings, but here is the problem. We have little data to guide them through the social isolation during the pandemic. So, let's just consider, this might have happened to you before because you, were, you had an accident, you were, you were ill, and you felt anxious and depressed, but we had data to, we know how to help you with that. But today we really don't know. So how will all this affect your relationships? Well, there was a study in Journal of Applied Psychology in 2008 that looked at professional teleworkers. So right now, this is about the best insight we have into the workplace from a research perspective. And they found that professional isolation or the state of mind that you feel you're out of touch with others in the workplace does negatively impact your job performance. And the more time you spend teleworking, the more of a negative impact it has. And you can imagine why. Uh, as people telework, they tend to believe that they need information, but they don't know how to get it, which can lead to a lack of confidence. It leads to limited insights, and as you mentioned, uh, limited reinforcement, limited praise, limited feedback. What does all of this mean? Well, the less of the information I have, the less feedback I have, the more corrective actions I'm gonna to have to take because I'm gonna make more suboptimal decisions. This is gonna increase my anxiety, potentially my loneliness. We know that that's also linked to diminished psychological and physical health, which all of this snowballs and also detracts further from work performance. So how will all this affect the relationships? Can you dig a little deeper, give us some examples? Yeah, when I, when I think about this affecting the relationships, it, it reminds me of the differences between dating someone and living together with that person. Dating is really the best of addition. Uh, it's a time when you're both excited to meet, you prepare, you look your best, you act your best. 
But when you start living with someone, especially during this pandemic, now you're stuck together 24-7. Well, so what do you what do you think we should do um, in conclusion? Obviously, overall, this too shall pass. We know that. But what we know a little less of is what scars will this situation leave and how deep would those scars be? Well, I think the consequences are going to be compounded. Um, the more you're engulfed by depression, the more you become impervious to reason. Living and working together, especially if you're in a confined apartment in a big city, is going to make you feel even more exhausted by the quirks of your significant other than invigorated by their occasional charm, which is probably being seen less and less. Hot button issues, uh, probably including domestic violence, are going to emerge naturally out of these circumstances. And the downstream problems are going to diffuse into the workplace. So what do you think we should do? I, I would say there are, if we're going to make any recommendations, maybe they should go to individual and perhaps the research and the practice level. Absolutely. At the individual level for our listeners, I think this becomes the time in our show where we say, what should we know before we go? Well, find something you can control to, <laughs> to lessen the depth of the social isolation. Paradoxically enough, perhaps working online from home as opposed to, let's say, being micromanaged by a boss in person all the time can be one of those things that you can actually control. Again, because you're at home, and maybe that can help you with some domestic situation because you feel at least you have some power over certain things. Uh, plan is good. Sticking with the plan is good. Routines are good. So that might get your mind off of the other problems that you might have at home at that time. For research and practice, as we mentioned above, your situation probably falls somewhere within the range of, of not so bad to terrible. So therefore, your range of emotions should be commensurate, meaning you shouldn't really be dichotomous because you might be experiencing this and that due to the range of severity in your situation. So we would really, I would say, we should consider depression, social anxiety, all the emotions we mentioned, stay-at-home depression, as continuous measures rather than dichotomous, some diagnostic categories in which these emotions are either present or absent because, again, it's not just, yes, I have it, I don't. You're probably somewhere on the range from whatever, 1 to 5 or 1 to 7. So this might generate findings for, for practitioners who deal with this that will reflect the full spectrum of symptom severity, increasing the reliability of the estimates we make. Well, I think that's an important point, too, for our individual listeners to look at their situation not as a dichotomy, so not as everything is so bad around me, but to look at it as continuous. Where am I on the scale? It might help them to see that others potentially have it worse. Maybe that can make me feel a little better about where I am. I think the, the idea you, I think you teach about that as shifting perspectives is, is probably a good one. Uh, it depends how you look at things, right? If you look at things, I'm anxious, I'm depressed, I'm isolated, <laughs> I'm lonely, it's probably not going to look good. But if you say, yeah, I'm, you know, somewhat anxious on some range, so is everybody else. I'm somewhat depressed, so is everybody else. Uh, you might feel quite differently. And to me, every time you teach this thing, and I, I don't, but you do, that perspective shifting, 
I am reminded of Mr. Keating in the Dead Poet Society when he had the kids stand on the desk and say, what about now? How do you see the world now? And they'll say, well, differently. There you have it. So shift the perspectives. The same data, the same evidence might look quite differently.